Welcome to Jeff in Motion. Um, whew. Nothing quite like knowing that it's your final weeks of the job to make those weeks go real, real slow. Um, I mean, it's to be expected. But, boy. I found myself with, uh, such a lack of motivation that even during my free time I wasn't able to do homework a couple days just because I didn't feel like doing anything at all um man I know two weeks notice is a common courtesy but I kind of wish I would was was the kind of person who could just say fuck y'all bitches and leave that day but I wouldn't feel good about that, and also I couldn't afford to do that. I'm gonna need that last paycheck. But anyway, pardon me, my apologies. Um, I might continue my Best Buy story today, but I had a a few little things that I all hit first. Um, I had a thought last night, or it might have been the night before, maybe a little bit of both, but my wife and I decided that we're going to watch the entirety of the uh, extended Lord of the Rings trilogy, Um, maybe an hour a night over the next few weeks. This will be the first time that my wife Aislinn is watching them. Uh, She's started on the books recently, and she's decided she's willing to give it a shot, which is awesome, because I've been a big fan for a long time. Um, And one thing, a a legitimate thought I had while watching them was, I wish I lived in the Shire. Because if you watch the first half hour to 45 minutes of the Fellowship of the Ring a lot of it is spent in the like simple yet idealistic world of the Shire where basically everyone just farms and eats and drinks and smokes and I was sitting there, stressed out from a long day of work, knowing that I was only going to get like four hours of sleep, and just thinking, man, be pretty fucking nice if all I had to worry about was growing my own food, eating, drinking, and smoking, and just chilling out with other people. But then that that part of me... I find is growing as I get older because that's the that's the part of you that like goes camping um the one that just wants to get away from it all and relax and I did I had none of that as a when I was younger um camping was the worst uh so boring the worst but 
as I get older, just the, there is a bigger and bigger appeal of just being away from everything. And just indulging in base needs. But, um... That's also in direct competition with another part of me who absolutely adores all manner of technologies and gadgets and conveniences and modern entertainment. And I know that I could only enjoy living in the Shire for a day or two before I missed modern technology and conveniences and not farming. <sighs> but it's an interesting dichotomy. The, uh, the part of me that wants to be absolutely enveloped in all that is the modern world and the part of me that wants absolutely nothing to do with any of it because both of them exist I think that's one of the reasons the Renaissance Fair appeals to me so much because you kind of you get to live in the Shire for a couple hours um, but your cell, your cell phone still works there so it's kind of and also, you don't have to do any farming. You just get to reap the benefits. But there's something about, uh... I don't know. And while we're talking about, uh, weird feelings around movies, um... I'm gonna... I had a realization today. Um... But it's gonna, it needs a little backstory. I didn't see the movie The Goonies until I was 19. And, um, needless to say, without having seen it over and over and over again as a child, the movie doesn't impress a 19-year-old. Um, I really don't give a flying fuck about The Goonies. Like, people... It's like a goddamned religion for some people. But uh, it doesn't really... I don't hate it. But... It really... I mean, it's, it's... It's outdated. Like... Now, I have my Goonies. I have movies that no one likes. But I watched a million times as a, when I was a kid. Um, one of them is the live-action movie starring Ringo Starr called Cavemen. Um, which is, by all accounts, a terrible movie. But, um, I still have a place in my heart for it, because I watched it all the time when I was little. And, um, and I'm sure many more. Uh, a lot of the Mel Brooks movies fall into that category, but I'm pretty sure they hold up uh, as an adult also. At least better than Caveman does. And, um... 
but like no one understands. No one like it's so rare that I find someone else who also doesn't like the Goonies. And I had a memory today just pop into my head that kind of it kind of set up set it it made my kind of passionate dislike of the Goonies or passionate indifference almost Uh, I really don't care if you like the Goonies I get it but I I where I get um, argumentative is when someone insists that I must like it. That's where I tend to uh, start to shoot it down. But I had a memory today, this morning, that really kind of... Uh, clued me in as to why I have such strong emotions towards the Goonies. And I remembered, and I don't remember when it was, I think it was early middle school, late elementary school, or who did it? I think it was friends of mine, or the people I considered my friends. But they would shout at me, do the truffle shuffle. And um, I've always been the pudgy guy. Uh, I have to work very, very hard to be the only slightly pudgy guy. And as a kid, I didn't work very, very hard. So I I had a chunk-esque physique, you could say. And, um, it took me a while to even understand what, what the hell people were talking about. Um, cause I, it just definitely happened more than once. And once it was explained to me, yeah, there's this fat kid in a movie and he shakes his stomach. Um, and anyone who grew up as a fat kid, your, your, your body without a shirt is, uh, is something that if you you would kill a man to prevent the world from seeing like there's a lot of shame that hides under that shirt so to have people demand you lift your shirt up and shake your stomach around that thing that you hate so much but as a kid you're just like well I guess this is me I don't have any power to fix it um And uh, that, another, like, I don't remember if I've talked about this before, but I don't think it was, like, bullies or anything. I do believe it was just a few of the people I considered friends who saw the resemblance between me and Chunk, if that even is his name. Um, I was the, the Aryan Chunk. And, uh, was just, like, making a reference to a movie they like and assume I like because every fucking person my age loves the goddamn Goonies. And it was, like, 
damaging to me. Like, it really hurt. And that kind of brings me to... So that, I think... And, like, I didn't remember... I haven't thought about that for, God, probably since before I was in high school. But that just hit me today, and I have no idea why. It was really uh, emotionally rough to be known as the fat one in your friends, especially since I know I wasn't much chubbier than I am right now. Like, I was never fat fat. Like, but I, I really don't know how I got known as the fat friend. But I definitely was. Um, I wasn't skinny like many of my friends, but I shared a similar physique to a few. And I was by far not the fattest kid in our group of friends. Now, I mean, granted, I took pride in my ability to eat like a monster. Um... But I mean, I was a teenage boy. The majority of teenage boys can eat fast food like it's water. I really wonder what it was that I did or what that labeled me the quote-unquote fat kid. Because I hated it. I, and I had no, no self-esteem. So I wasn't about to tell my friends who I worked hard enough to just have friends that they were hurting my feelings because, what am I, a wuss? It's, uh... I think it may be the source of a lot of body hate I have to this day, um, which I'm working on proactively. It's like my parents never called me fat. Um, yeah. Hell, even the bullies didn't call me fat. They called me faggot. But I mean... That wasn't really specific to me. That was just kind of, uh... A generic... Insult. I don't believe that, uh... I did anything in particular to label myself that. And I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one they referred to... That way.
I know I took a lot of that self-hatred and pushed it outward. Um, but I was too much shy of a person to actually, like, I didn't bully people for being fat. I definitely, definitely made fun of people behind their backs for being fat. And that's terrible. Because that's one of the things that hurt me the most when I found out people made fun of me behind my back. Like, fucking kids, man, you know? You, you almost inevitably come, become what you hate um, simply to cope with what hurts you and, and, you, and bothers you. Like you're fucking stressed and bummed out by people calling you fat, your friends calling you fat and people making fun of you behind their back. So what do you goddamn do? Call people fat behind their back to make yourself feel better. Like I know it's a I know it's a coping mechanism, but I'm not happy that I did that. But I guess there's no real, nothing productive about being mad at my fucking early high school, late middle school self. Best I can do is just learn from my past mistakes. It's tough. I'm pretty sure I've talked about my fat people prejudice on this on this podcast before. But I, like, if I see someone who is fat, like, let's see. If I see someone that you assume is going to ride a rascal scooter, I make a ton of judgments right away. I make judgments about their intelligence. I make judgments about their personality. There are just a fuck ton of judgments that flood into my head the minute I see someone pushing 300 pounds. And we're talking average height, because like, Mike Carpenter is, pu- is pushing 300 pounds, but he's m- a million feet tall. So it's, it's that proportions, though. And, like, that's not something I want to do. I don't want to make assumptions about anyone. But I do. And I try to actively stop it. I try to actively not do that. I try to wait for them to confirm any suspicions I have. I'm like... Because, I mean, I didn't make it to 27 years old. I am 27, right? Yes. Um, 27 years old without learning a few things about the people in this world. Um, And I mean, that's why you're... Because humans categorize in order to quickly pull up information. You're like, oh, a person. Heavy. Rascal scooter. Many, many people that fit that visual description are also nasty and uh, stinky and other things. And this is something that your brain just does. Um, 
in order because your brain stores so much information that without doing that like just you wouldn't be it's so you can react quickly to things know to avoid things and that's the thing like it's a system that's been perfected over millennia so there's a lot of the time when it's right (laughs) that you see someone make assumptions about them and oh you're not psychic that's just life experience that is telling you these things and none of this is done consciously so it's tough to break that but I don't want to make assumptions about people based on their their weight and physical appearance and if they have a southern accent like I don't want to I often do and I'm often not wrong But I know that I don't want people to do that to me. And that's like fucking... It's the golden rule. The do unto others as you would do have them do to you. The don't be a dick. If you, I don't want people judging me without with just by looking at me just by getting just without getting to know me I don't want that I don't want people making fun of me behind my back I want people to come to me with issues they have about me so we can discuss it like adults I don't I I don't want people to make assumptions about my intelligence based on how they they perceive my weight. So therefore, since I don't want other people to do that to me, what right do I have to do it to anyone else? Ugh. And I know the fact that I care at all that I do these things puts me above average as far as uh, being self-aware, but I'd like to not judge anyone at all without getting to know them. but I don't think that's possible. But basically, what I've kind of done is cart... uh, part... cart... part-mentalized it. Just being like, I get my flash judgment, and I can put it in a little box, and I'm like, okay, this is what I assume about this person. They get a first impression to prove me wrong otherwise all of the things that I assume about them is going to just fill it so I see someone there are judgments I make just naturally there are judgments I make um, and I'm like no 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 
don't make these judgments. That's not cool. Put them away. Put them in a box. Get No. Give this person a clean slate. But I have to actively, like, subconsciously, all the judgments happen. Actively, I have to be like, no, no, no. Let them prove themselves. And genuinely, within, well, often within minutes, sometimes within days or weeks, depending on the situation, like if it's a new coworker or versus just walking past someone in the aisle in the grocery store, if, some, if this new person that I'm making judgments about does something that is within that box that I have put them in or within the pending judgment box I have put them in, I have almost no ability to not then assume everything else in that box is also true. And... This is one of the reasons first impressions are huge for me. And I know that sometimes I don't always make the best first impression. Um, especially with like new employees at a job where I often am in my own little world and don't even introduce myself until months after they've been there. That's a poor, that is a poor, poor first impression on my part. But I often, when I'm more in my element, first impressions are huge. You gotta be, you gotta be relaxed, you gotta be you. And that way, you know, if other people do what I do, they see who I am right away. I don't like to put up a front. And that really comes from another thing I didn't like about myself in high school was different friends, I was a different person. Um, I had very few people who I was just me around. Um, my my best best friends and even then that was usually only one on one when my friends all got in a group I would change to more coincide with the group think which did things that I thought were stupid like hitting each other in the nuts and you know laughing at things that I probably wouldn't laugh at otherwise. Uh, Well, I mean, a lot of that comes from... I'm talking about, like, gay jokes, women jokes, things like that, that just teenage boys tell because, oh, they're shocking. Um, I don't know if that's so much because I was with my friends or because of what age I was. But then when I was with, like, a different set of friends, uh, more acquaintances, um, I was a different person. Different things were funny. I had different mannerisms. Um, I, I've been called a social chameleon. I find out what people want, and I do that. Um, and I'm good at it. 
I am good at giving people what they want. But I don't like that. I can be likable to pretty much anyone. Um, But one thing that I pride myself in nowadays is realizing that and and not doing it. Um, I think of myself even one of kind of my ideals, my mantras, my uh, rules to live by is I am always me. Uh, and that really, and here it comes again, that really started with my wife. Um, like, there were little blossoms of that concept here and there before, but I had been through shitty stuff. Um, I was just hanging out with a cool chick. I wasn't worried about dating her or anything. Um, at least that's what I was telling myself. And we we connected with me being me. With me just being me. I wasn't putting on an act to impress a girl. I wasn't acting overly interested in something that she did. Um, that was just me being me. I'll get back to that. Um, cause back in high school, also, the me, that, the me with my girlfriend, uh, Star, who I've talked about a little while ago on this podcast, but that was a hell of a thing. That me was vastly different. I was more Christian. I, um, was subservient. I, that, and like, She didn't have a whole lot of friends towards the end of our relationship because a lot of them got sick of her bullshit. So I would attempt to, like, hang out with her and friends, and that never worked because I would either be weird about my friends or get her mad at me because I was being more my true self. It it, it would get ugly frequently. And just that fucking bullshit that I tried to pull off, I was done with. I was sick of it. I was done. Now back to getting with Aislinn. Getting with. uh, Starting my relationship with Aislinn. I don't know if it was more conscious or subconscious, but I was fucking done with that bullshit. And I decided... and. I kind of, like, I'm gonna be me. No matter what. I'm not going to... Like, I will reuse tact. I will hold my tongue when I think I ought to. But I'm not going to say things I don't believe. I'm not going to act ways that are not genuine to me. Um, That's not... I'm too fucking old for that bullshit. I am me, if you don't like me, I'm sorry, but I don't care. 
and I've held on to that even to the potential detriment of my career where I'm very candid in job interviews and things like that. Um, I express myself. I don't tend to have a very professional air. I have far more casual. I tend to be casual all the time. But that's me. And I don't know it's ever hurt me professionally, but I know it has potential to. But then there is the uh, the the old saying, you know, <laughs> well, if they don't like me being me, then I don't want to work there, which is very true. But also there are times in your life where sometimes maybe you ought to pretend to be somebody else just to get a fucking job that pays the bills. But I'm glad I haven't had to do that so far. I don't know if I have time for this, but uh, I think I'm going to talk a little bit about Best Buy because, oddly enough, it has a, it ties into what I'm talking about. I was me. I had all my piercings. Um, Best Buy was weird in the fact that its policy was uh, employees could have whatever tattoos you wanted. Tattoos were just fine, but piercing rules were hyper strict. And it's usually not one, it's not either or, it's usually both. Either what the fuck ever, you be you, or hide all your tattoos, hide all your piercings. But like, it was super restrictive. Um, you couldn't have earrings bigger than a quarter. Um, men were not allowed to have their ears pierced more than once, and that was all. Women were allowed to have their ears pierced twice. Um, no facial piercings, no anything, and, um, that, I never took out my jewelry, um, because, like, I have four piercings in each year, and during the time I was there, I had two to three piercings in my lip and my nose pierced, which I could flip up, um... So I had far more than the max allowed. And, like, there were times when I would take out my ear piercings, um, which were pain in the ass just because the kind of jewelry I wear, I wear. And... But then slowly I would just stop not taking out the piercings and no one would yell at me. And then I'd go for a couple months and someone would be like, hey, you got to stop. You got to not... You got to wear those piercings. Um, or you gotta take out those piercings, and I'd be like, ah, f- fine. And, um, at one point they decided that, 
they were going to have this committee that would... I don't even remember what the fucking purpose it was, but Best Buy Corporate encouraged this. And basically, it was a group of people that would take suggestions from the employees, from the people, and we were in charge of, like, planning events and parties or um, things like that. And one of the... One of our functions was to petition the general manager for rule cha- for like policy changes, and I was you know well damn it, um, I believe that this area is just fine with my piercings. I've never heard anything negative about it. Um, I will so hey, what do I need to do? And they're like, all right, prepare a proposal for the next meeting. And do her up. And I fucking did it to it. I prepared like two full pages, three columns of text each, with my personal testimonial and reasons why I think that this policy is outdated. And I really, I poured my heart into it. And I presented it to our group. And they were like, oh, wow, holy shit, you're way more passionate about this than I thought. And I didn't, like, uh, it was well thought out, and they're like, okay. Um, You know, I had it all typed out, and they're like, let me give this to the general manager, and then, you know, we'll get back to us. And I was like, all right. And I never spoke with the general manager on this either. It was the, uh, there was an in-between between for all of this and weeks later they were like okay in order to get this policy change you need to get signatures you need to ask every single employee of this Best Buy store what they think about it and whether they agree or disagree and I was like all right Okay, and like over a period of about a month, because you know, I don't work with everyone every day, I gave every single employee in that store my my speech, my and I got their signature, and you know, yes or no, and I, you know, you they were totally welcome to disagree with me. Um, and I think out of every employee in the store, I only got one person who didn't think that facial piercing should be allowed. Our looser piercing reg- regulations should be allowed. And, you know, I, I had pages of signatures, and I, I turned them in. I was like, every single employee's opinion, boom, right there. And their and their time passes. Much time passes. And I'm just trying to be me because I can. I I I know I've talked about this before, but I I didn't get piercings for. I know I've talked about this before, but I didn't get my piercings for attention. I didn't get my piercings because they were popular. I got. My piercing is because I've always been curious. And after I got my first piercing and looked in the mirror, it was legitimately the first time 
that I can remember looking in the mirror and liking what I saw. It it was me taking power away from God. It was me taking control of my own body, of my own look, of who I was. And I liked who I was making myself into. I liked it a lot. And when I look at myself without my piercings, I don't feel right. They are a part of who I am. They represent things I have gone through. Maybe they do help me stand out from the vanilla, from the other blonde-haired, blue-eyed Central Pennsylvanians. Maybe I've made handcrafted myself into a minority, but that isn't was never conscious. I knew that I didn't like who I was, and I liked who I was becoming. And my piercings accompanied a lot of idealistic and behavioral and emotional changes. They accompanied a huge time of change and growth in my life. And a lot of that is represented in my piercings. A lot of the changes I've gone through. They symbolize things to me. Not specifically, but they symbolize growth and taking control and becoming who I am. And maybe these things would have happened without piercings, but they, there's an association there that I can't or won't get rid of. Because I like them. And I like that association. So time passes. And even though every employee has given their opinion, that is still not good enough. And they decide that they want me to get to give my spiel to 25 random customers and get their signatures on and opinions on it. And at that point, I said, fuck this place. It became very obvious that this was not the third step, or this was even a regular part of policy change, or that anyone had ever tried to change a policy before with this particular general manager. Because all I, they were doing was making... The, because none of these were like, do this and then we'll see. It was, set up a proposal and then we'll change the rule if we agree. Okay, get 
signatures and opinions from every single employee of this Best Buy. And then we'll change it. If everyone, if enough people agree. Okay. Now get the signatures and opinions of 25 customers. And then we will change it. And at that, it became very obvious that they were just fucking me around. They were just keeping me busy um, to get me out of their hair. They were giving me busy work. They had no intention of changing it. And I had... I had cheerleaders. I had people that were just like, you know what, man? Good on you. Fuck yeah, you were speaking for the people because I wasn't the only one um, who had piercings that they had to take out. I was one of many, and they all agreed with me. And there would be people that were just like, what's going on with that? And I'd be like, they they had no fucking intention of ever changing it. They were just jerking me around. I, I know it's dead. It is dead in the water. I am done. And people would be like, no, nah, man, you, you, you almost had it. You can do it. I'd be like, no, I'm f- tired of this and I'm done. To the point, like, I had such diehard fans that for years after I would come in, there had been people who, like, took up my crusade who were just like, you know, we're still working on them and, you know, guys are allowed to have two piercings in each year now and things like that. And I'd just be like, they'll never change. (laughs) Fuck them. And, uh... I guess the point of that was I'm willing to fight to be me now. And not so much as like, fuck you, man. I'm going to wear as many piercings as I want. Because that's childish. I tried. I legitimately put effort into following protocol and changing policies within the rules being a goddamned adult about this, not just being a tween who wanted to have their fucking nose pierced. I was a goddamn adult, and this were things I believed firmly in, and I tried and failed, not due to any lack of effort, not due to true failure on my part, but due to the the whole... Uh, the whole concept, the whole policy change idea being a false construct just to placate the the sheep that worked at Best Buy. Like, ah, oh, fuck that place. I had a nickname at Best Buy. Simply because when I started, there were like five Jeffs working there. And, um... One of my first nicknames was Crunkle. Or Crunk, for short. And to this fucking day, I'm still not quite sure what Crunk even fucking means. Um, Some people have told me it was getting drunk on uh, cough syrup. Some people have told me 
it is getting drunk and high at the same time. Um, I don't fucking care. I don't fucking know. But I know that it got real popular uh, for a few years, months, weeks. And somehow I got seated with Crunkle. And I hated it. And I actively told people, don't call me that I don't like it. But that still persisted. There are people who, to this day, refer to me as crunk. Fuck you. But then after that, when I started my piercing crusade, I started to become known as Pierced Jeff. And... I liked that. I identified with that. And, um... It was like putting me in a box. I was the pierced guy. But I kind of liked that box. To be honest. Pierce Jeff. There's just something badass about that. Fuck that place. Crunkle. How's it going? Crunk. It was never someone that was like, Oh, um, Crunkle, how are you doing today? Crunk! We talked last time about uh, the douchebag uh, quotient there was mighty high. And, uh, yeah, a lot of them. <laughs> a lot of them called me Crunk. But, uh, this has been Jeff in Motion. Fuck Best Buy. I hope you have a good weekend. Um, yeah, thanks for listening. <laughs>